2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, World's Strongest Man, And a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. Mark Henry and I talk about crown, jewel, top to bottom. We do it with our good friend Justin Labar. Our favorite matches and overall what we thought about the crown jewel. Also, before her big match with Mickey James at Bound for Glory, we talk to your knockouts champion, Deanna Perrazzo, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Do... Top to bottom, I thought a very good outing for the WWE yesterday. What are your thoughts?
0: This was the best show WWE's done in Saudi Arabia. Wow! I, um, wow! You know, I'll, I'll say that this is. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and and that and it needs. You know, <laughs> they need to constantly be setting the bar higher because you know when you put it in, when we know we know the economics, right? We know that this is huge. To the bottom line, we know that this you know this ten year uh, investment they have with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and being part of this uh, of the Western civilization and culture, uh, you know, being you know uh, being part uh, of, of the Saudi uh, of the Saudi Kingdom, and they put all this all this emphasis to the show. Then it's it's WrestleMania lights and it's WrestleMania like staging, it's WrestleMania like card in terms of what they stack on this card you know this you know we need to be walking away saying that was the best show okay no no no, no that one was the best one the top the to last one you know i think some of these past crown jewels or greatest royal rumbles or what have you have under delivered or have been you know kind of you know just eh, just there you know there with a whole lot of bells and whistles but you know not a lot of meat on the bones sometimes i thought this for what it's worth both in the uh, delivery of the quality of some of the matches and some of the first that we saw. And also I think you have storylines, you know, pivotal things happen for storylines, whether you're talking Paul Heyman, whether you're talking the, what felt like the true wrap up of edge and Seth Rollins, obviously King of the ring and Queens Queens crown, you know uh, across the board, I really can't find a, a a weak spot in this card. And so, uh, you know, Props to WWE for delivering what they did, and obviously even more so than the blanket statement at WWE, props to the individual guys and girls who busted their ass and made it happen.
1: Also, too, and Mark made this point earlier in the show, Justin, the crowd. I don't think I've seen the crowd of this jazz like they were yesterday. Like, they were really into it. Some of the the best parts were just watching the facial expressions of people who were in that crowd yesterday.
0: Absolutely. And I didn't I didn't hear Mark say that earlier. So forgive me if I'm if I'm going to repeat anything that he might have already touched on. But a, that, that was one of the first things I noticed as well was, I mean, obviously you could hear and you heard it throughout the night and there was great pops throughout the night. But even just visually, you know, and I think back to, um, you know, I think back to some of the, the, the first shows we had seen them do over in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, you look at ringside and there would be like what I'm perceiving, I, I assume it felt like you people in higher people in upper class that had like vip booths and couches there's a lot of open space yes and then there was more and, and but but they weren't um whether they were genuinely interested or not i don't know but they weren't really showing it and then the people who were more energetic and seemed to be cheering and more engaged were further back further removed and and and, and not in in the and as many of the camera shots that was not the case with this crown jewel you know we saw you know you know, flocks of kids, you know, and Goldberg even embraced them, I, I, I think, at the end of his match. You, know, you saw flocks of kids up on the barricade, excited, and and we, and, and we, and we, we heard a ton of chants in English that, that you know, we, we heard, you know, this is awesome, and one more yeah. time, and you suck, and, and I think even a holy shit. I mean, like, it was so cool to see uh, when, when the cameras were cut away to some of the reactions uh, of, of, of men and women, boys and girls, of all ages uh, engaged and, and all to see these performers uh, this close to them and doing their thing. So, yeah, the, the crowd certainly, absolutely was a huge 12th man, uh, to use a football analogy, uh, in, in the presentation of this show.
2: It's okay to use uh, football analogies. Uh, we, 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 we talked about Tom Brady on this show today for okay, that's fine. 15 minutes. Yeah, unfortunately, and it wasn't meant to be that way. Unfortunately, yeah, he's the Antichrist and he don't eat bread. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> You're going somewhere else with thing. the football talk, uh,
0: yeah. Tom Brady, it's fine. We can talk about Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, because well, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to talk about the Washington football team, but but you know, but but that's but that makes just finally it finally so. Yeah, but we've talked about this before, Mark. Bully and I have talked about how important the crowd is. That's why it was so tough during the pandemic watching wrestling when there's no. You know, as we talked a lot about the performers in the ring and how it's hard to go through the match. It's actually difficult for the fan watching at home when you're not seeing interaction with the crowd. That, I mean, that was a big part of the success of that show yesterday for sure.
0: I gotta tell you a funny story that uh, of my uh, consumption. Of the show. So I did not, wa- I did not watch, uh, or maybe it's funny to me. I don't. Know. Maybe, maybe you guys think it's stupid. <laughs> I didn't watch it live, as it, so it's a, so it's airing. It's airing what, like noon Eastern time, mm-hmm. if you're on the East Coast here in the states. Uh, I did not watch it live. I didn't watch it until evening time, till like dinner time. I tried to stay off social. I tried to stay away, so I didn't get anything spoiled. And it, but it, but you know, I couldn't stay off my phone the whole day. And at some point, yeah. somehow, something got in front of me. I don't remember what platform, and I see a picture, and I go. Oh, this has to be just a stupid Photoshop. And I see a picture of Randy Orton on the stage doing Randy Orton things, and I see Matt Riddle, what I thought, photoshopped on top of a camel. I'm like, what a stupid Photoshop this is. What, 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 what? you know, oh, they're taking the scooter up, put a camel in there. And then I go to watch Crown Jewel, and I'm watching the opening, you know, Ballyhoo and Pyro and all that stuff. And I see in between this beautiful stage and all this pyro going off, in between that and the first row of fans, I see this fleet of camels. And I go, oh no. <laughs> it wasn't oh, a photoshop. Yes. Yeah. And then after my next thing is after it's not a photoshop, I'm like, why are the camels so close to the pyro? This seems like this is some kind of a hazard. I,
2: I thought that was a little odd myself. But I, I for for whatever reason, I just felt like, wow, the camel is that close. It's got to be used at some point. Somebody's got to go. And, and I, I didn't know when. I didn't know how. But I got that sick feeling. And I, I, I told you my camel story. Like, I've, I've been over there a few times. And this camel hocked a loogie and spit it on my shoulder. <laughs> and, I mean, it wasn't like a little spittle. It was like somebody took a cup of liquid and just doused your shirt. So I was nauseous. I threw up. I took my shirt off and kind of tried to clean myself as as well as I could. And I had to wear a shirt that another guy had that was like two sizes smaller than I. (laughs) It was a wreck. I'm never gonna be around a camel again, never. Yeah, you you never know, you see though, that? Mark. You
1: <laughs> never know, Mark, where life will take you. I'm sure you never thought you would be in front of a camel, and there you were. So, well, that's
0: true. Um, never say never, I guess. You see, you see the camel. Do you think Finn Balor is gonna jump off a camel? Yeah, <laughs> <It's, laughs> Woods or something. <laughs> I
1: it, But let's talk about that because you talked about, you know, we're we're talking about Crown Jewel, uh, the King in a Ring, uh, the Queen's Crown. Um, you know, I I predicted early on, and and, and I kind of wavered a little bit because Bully kind of convinced me that maybe it was going to be Dewdrop, but early on I think it was easy to see Xavier Woods was going to win the win the King of the Ring. I'm very happy that Zelina Vega because she's had a lot of ups and downs in her career with the WWE. I I thought it was awesome that she got that moment yesterday at Crown Jewel.
0: I agree. Um I mean, I, I I can see somebody trying to make a case for Dewdrop. I mean, she has been getting consistently booked, and, you know, I, I, could, I, I could see it. I could be, see an argument, but my pick, it was on record, I think, last Monday when I made my picks publicly. My pick yeah. was Zelina Vega because it was like, you know, I think it would be a better fit. And also just looking, if we want to look at, uh, you know, I guess the full picture and step out of storyline, it's like, all right, Zelina Vega's back in WWE. Happy to see her. Uh, I was a little surprised to see her back in WWE uh, after her, you know, some controversy, you know, with her departure first go round, you know? So I, I, I guess part of me was just kind of thinking like, all right, she's back, whether it's a promise to her, whether it's a push from her, whether it's whatever, like, let's hope that if she's in the finals for this, this, this tournament, um, and she's you know newly back to the company let's hope that that's it's worked in there that hey let's let's do let's do more with her than we did the first go around okay yeah. let's let's take advantage of her so that that was kind of where my mindset was and i was hoping that they weren't going to like you know make you a know, point and laugh at me and go ha ha ha, ha you sucker uh, i'm glad to see that she uh hits a um a really nice code red powerbomb too by the way i mean it wasn't the longest match um you know and then the crowd had a, had a lot to be cheering for the whole show so the crowd did have a little bit of a dip down some of this match i think they got i think that the ladies got him back up for the finish but uh really cool code red powerbomb for the finish and it was great to see her yeah with that, that crown and that scepter and that robe um well done i hope now now yeah so they, now they go back to stateside let's see them follow up on it
1: yeah also too the way the show started the main show with seth rollins and ed seth rollins when you think hell in a cell you get a little afraid because there was a lot of backlash <laughs> the last time he was in a hell in a cell match but Mark and I talked about thirty-minute match. Ed is, Edge has looked absolutely phenomenal since he came back at the Royal Rumble after a ten-year absence. Seth Rollins, underrated, under the radars, one of the, the better wrestlers in the world right now. I mean, what a way to start that show yesterday!
0: If it wasn't well documented that Edge had kids, I'd make an argument that he's not human. I mean, he's just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, it's just amazing. To th- never mind what his age is and father time wins against all. But, but I mean, this is the guy who, you know, a decade ago retired after neck injuries. Yep. And, and, and and then prior to that, you think about the career, and the, the TLCs, and and the fact that here he is doing this, pulling, you know, uh, going out there, you, know, you said, over a half hour. I mean, really the all vampire. told with, yeah yeah it's just, this is just insane uh, a hell of a match you're right uh certainly a a, a a redemption song for Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell in Saudi Arabia um hell of a match uh a few things here I mean again I love this was the first match uh first match and I'm like all right fans are in for a treat don't want to have to be the second match has to follow this <laughs> on this show to kick it off with a Hell in a Cell uh, you know this is awesome chance you suck Never seen the spot of somebody ricocheting off the side of a Hell in a Cell and then going through a table as Seth Rollins did. That was a uh, pretty cool. A whole, yeah, that was cool. Um, and this was a great finale. This was a great put it to rest um, blow off in the storyline here between Edge you know, Edge winning with that curb stomp on Seth Rollins. But, yeah, I mean, you know, all things told, the video packages to set the you of the story, uh, again, the big stage entrances, and then the match itself. Uh, occupy the bulk of the first hour of the show. And in no way was I upset about that in no way that I feel like this is dragging in no way that I feel like nope. we are, we are, we are trying to milk too much out of the tit here. This was an X. Ex- I mean, this might be, again, I said at the start of the segment, this was the best WWE show in Saudi Arabia. This might've been the best match that WWE has done in Saudi Arabia.
1: I, I, I agree. I agree with that. And you know, Mark, you said edge is like a vampire. If it wasn't for the hair and the beard, if you look at his body, I mean, dude, he it's like he went back in time 15 yeah. years ago for crying out loud how good he looks right now.
2: Yeah, and, and you got to look at it, too. He's got eight years less wear and tear that he had time to heal up. And it, I mean, it's not like that he was sitting at home and just hanging out. He was training. He was working out. He was getting his body right, getting healthy. Like, man, it's, it, it shows. All the work that he put in shows. Yep. It didn't happen by accident. Now I, I could have did without the uh, four or five or six uh, shots to the back of the neck that uh, mm. uh, Seth Rollins was giving him. But nonetheless, he know what he signed up for. He signed up to go out and – uh do Othello he 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 signed up to go out there and put on the best wrestling matches that the fans could see and he did he did that he did that nah, I mean you could finish. argue you can argue about was uh Drew McIntyre and and Big E better you can argue was Brock and uh Roman Reigns better. But it would be an argument. Nonetheless, I would state my case why that first match was better. You would s- argue why you thought that those other two matches were better. It would be an argument. That being said, you have three undeniable matches. The I mean, there was, there was other matches. The women's match and... You know the other the other matches on the card, but those three, those guys tried to outdo each other, and I think they Which were the is top what three. made it a hell of a show. I think they
1: were the top three matches. But like but Justin, let's get into it: Big E and Drew McIntyre. You know it's well documented. Drew McIntyre, you almost have to feel bad for him. I mean, he has that career moment at the Rumble where he wins the Rumble in front of fifty thousand fans. He gets his opportunity to main event of WrestleMania against Brock. He does it in front of zero fans and then he has his whole reign as champion at the Thunderdome in front of uh, uh LED screens, which is unbelievable. It's un it's like you can't make it up. I mean the way Drew McIntyre fought back to get to be a part of the WWE and then have this happen, it's, it's crazy. And then really end when the, pan, when the pandemic ends and, and people are allowed back into the arena. He has this opportunity yesterday. I like the way that it ended with Big E winning. I don't think there was any doubt that Big E was going to win. But he puts over Drew McIntyre. That, that was a really good story that they told yesterday as well.
0: Yeah, so several things there, Dave. Uh, first off, yeah, I think going into this match, it's like I didn't see any chance of Biggie losing. So I think that's you know, and this match is kind of sandwiched in the middle of this stacked card. So I did feel bad, like all right, these two guys have to work pretty hard to maybe um, to get through this one in terms of getting the crowd into it and keeping everybody engaged. And, and they did a hell of a job because the crowd was there for it, and it was a very entertaining yeah. match. And, yes. and you, you even, you even, I'm not ashamed to admit, you even, I, I bit a few times on a few falsies. I was like, wait a minute, so. Uh, props to them for that uh, you know that, that, that's a huge credit to them but yeah you're right at the end of the day Biggie retains that, that that's like, at the end of the day it's what we expected yeah uh, yeah I mean Drew like yeah I mean yeah <laughs> he said it I mean he's undefeated on zoom he's undefeated winning matches when it's nothing <laughs> ah, but ah, LED yeah. screens yep um and you're right you look at you look at the totality how he you know he left WWE comes back you know he kind of reinvented himself in some ways came back um has this great organic baby face run you're right you know ha, you know has that, that wonderful rumble and then he's gonna he's on the road to mania with brock and then, and then COVID hits the bad thing is guys looking at the landscape of wwe looking at okay he just lost another match to biggie uh biggie doesn't you know Big biggie does not feel like a transitional treatment. Big biggie's here to stay and there's yep. plans and then you look at the other world title <laughs> roman reigns ain't going anywhere we know what long-term plans probably are a, a, a big-time matches you want to get with him. So the bad thing is it feels like, okay, Drew's getting ready to go to the back of the line. And I don't mean – if somebody's listening to that saying, well, what does Labar mean back of line? I don't mean Drew McIntyre's going to be sitting and catering as the, the, the phrase would go. You know, I think he's still going to be featured and still going to be – but I think in terms of in the title picture and of the – the way WWE books, and they book pretty linear, it's not like we have like a whole bunch of people chomping at the bit of the world title at one time. It's usually pretty consistent of one or two yep. challengers at a time. It feels like Drew is going to the back of that line in terms of world title challengers uh, on TV. Maybe house shows or something, they put him out there because he moves some tickets and he's reliable. But in terms of what matters on TV, storyline progressions, uh, yeah, I I, I I fear that we may be done at least any time in the near future of, of Drew getting any any chance at a world title in WWE. Hey everyone, it's Brad the Big Noise Evans from the Fade the Noise podcast. From Monday through Friday, catch me and the good sir, Nate Lundy, as we take you through each day's best sports betting opportunities. Whether we're talking spreads, totals, props, or anything else, we will do our Fade 5 to give you the knowledge and confidence to place your bets. Always remember, fade or follow, that's up to you. Subscribe today wherever we you get your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app, free for both subscribers.
1: She's got a huge match that we're going to talk about at Bound for Glory this weekend, Saturday, October 23rd, tomorrow night, with a legend in Mickey James. Let's bring in New Jersey's own, your Impact Knockouts champion,
3: Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna, good morning to you. How are you? You know what? I'm great. Um, Thanks for trying to make up for your comments with Tasha and kiss my butt a little this morning. I appreciate it.
1: You know what, and I think we can both agree on this one, Diana. First of all, Tasha very touchy. God forbid you give her just a little bit of criticism, right? She goes all Damien Adams at you. But you know what, too, Diana, like I she trying to, to she was trying to get me to say something that I did not want to say, and I didn't <laughs> say it. That's why. And now she's all angry at me on social media, if you notice. So. I'm on team There's Deanna. M-
3: that are a little touchy with you on a a little a little angry with you on social media.
1: A little bit, right? You've noticed that too. Like a little bit, right? A little animosity. Yeah. So how you feeling? I mean, this <laughs> Deanna, seriously, huge match. I- I'm happy for you. Uh, you know, we always talk about and you've been so good about coming on this show a lot over the last year and over this last year. So you know what? I was going to say ups and downs started with the down and then just been going up steadily ever since then. And now you have a dream match, a fantasy matchup. You're going in there with a legend like Mickey James. I mean, talk about this matchup tomorrow night for bound for glory.
3: Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Cause it's kind of one more opportunity for me to um, have this meeting of generations. Right. So, um, you know, Mickey's come back to wrestling. This is going to be her second match um, in almost a year, uh, third match. I'm sorry, in almost a year. And you know, I've kind of been on a tear throughout Knockouts division, um, through other divisions at NWA, at AAA. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's 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 exciting because um, we've had such a build and there's so much tension built up. It's it's, it's it should be. Match of the night for me. I'm a little biased, but um, I'm really excited to get to Samstown and for tomorrow to be Bound for Glory.
1: And this is a huge pay per view for Impact. I always looked at Bound for Glory, and I'm a big fan of Bound for Glory. I, I, I used to go, even just as a fan, I would travel to go to Bound for Glory. Um, so this is a major opportunity for you. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I say opportunities, and this is. An op, a great opportunity for Mickey James. You know, for her, even as a legend, to step in the ring with you because what you've been able to do with your name, your brand, uh, what you've been able to do with this championship title, because we talking about it here on Busted Open, Deanna. Like, you look at, you know, the champions that we've seen in the men's division with Impact. A lot of talent that is even on the Impact roster. You are a part of the Impact roster. I, I feel the one wrestler that's waving the flag for impact wrestling. Do you agree?
3: Absolutely. One hundred percent. And I've said that time and time again, at one point, like I was uh, taking the impact knockouts championship all over to all these other companies. um, And I was the only person that was being able to go to the other companies and do that as an impact champion. So um, I take so much pride in being able to wave that banner all across the world in multiple promotions at once. Um, and I, uh, you know, the Forbidden Door uh, maybe didn't necessarily start with Scott DeMore and Impact Wrestling, but I think we've definitely been the hub of it where we've allowed talent from all these other companies to come in and either prove that they're best, that they're the best, or fall to the best of impact. So um, to kind of be at the center of that for our women's division is really special for me.
1: And Bound for Glory tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern time on Fight TV. So make sure you check this out. We'll definitely be talking about it here on Busted Open Monday morning. You know, for you, Deanna, and how the year started. And now you're kind of the person that everybody wants. You talk about that forbidden door. Now everybody's like, all right, I want to see Deonna wrestle here. I want to see Deonna wrestle there. Obviously a lot of people want to see you go up against Britt Baker, the AEW women's champion. How do you feel about this forbidden door and all these fantasy matchups that fans are talking about?
3: I think that's what's made wrestling fun again. And that's, it's kind of given us this like resurgence in pro uh-huh. wrestling. Um- especially over the last year that this door has been open Um, because not just for myself, but for everyone, there's so many dream matches on the table. Fans are excited to see who will pop up and where they'll pop up and who they'll be working with. So um, yeah, for people to have dream matches with me is kind of wild um, because I had so many dream matches and so many once in a lifetime opportunities this last year. Um, And there's not a lot of firsts yet. So to to have that crossover for the women and, and possibly wrestle someone like Brit or, or tag with someone like Britt, um, who is my best friend in real life. So that adds another element into it. Um, would just be really special for us, I think, as, as friends, um, but for women's wrestling, too. And that's the whole point of all this, is to grow and evolve women's wrestling. There's not a lot of those firsts yet. So um, anytime you can kind of get your hands on that and claim it as your own, um, I think, is important these days.
1: You know, for me, for me as a talk show host, before I go on the air, before a big show... I don't. I don't really get nervous anymore. I get excited. Like I get really Jones that that shot of adrenaline just before turning the microphone on. You know, before a big matchup like you're going to have tomorrow night. Do you do you get that same reaction? Do you get nervous? Like, how do you feel before a big match like this?
3: Um, I feel like now that I'm in Vegas, like I get nervous traveling to wherever the show is going to be. I get okay. kind of like those those butterflies and jitters. Um, you know, just before we we get on the plane and go. And now that I'm here in Vegas, I'm a little bit more settled. Um, and then always the as the match before me ends, I have all the, this anxiety of like, why did I choose to do this with my life? And I can't do this. And, and oh my god, I, ha- I have no choice. I have to go out there. But I'm gonna I, like I have all those questions literally right before I walk out of the curtain. Um, and then once I'm through the curtain, like that's my happy place. Wrestling is my number one first love ever, but I also feel very much like the virtuoso feels when I'm in the ring. This is my zone. I know everything about this. I can control everything that happens. Um, And once I'm out there, I just kind of let myself go and enjoy it and and know that I am who I say I am and I'll I'll be the best and I'll figure it out.
1: Deanna, you know, when you started your career or maybe this might even have been when you were training, did you have like a bucket list? Did you have like a list of like, uh, things that you wanted to accomplish if you were and ever to start a career which you have like did you have a list
3: like that no um I actually wrote uh so when I was a senior in high school one of our assignments was um to write a letter to yourself uh five years later and um I and my I, did, I actually wasn't a part of that class but I did it with my one of my best friends and you know I'm going on almost 10 years out of high school, but five years ago she gave me that letter back to me and um, it just said, keep going until you win a championship. Like have gold, walk down a ramp with gold. And I think that that was probably my one goal that I always wanted was, I grew up a WWE fan. So of course it was to be the WWE Women's Champion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that was just the goal was to be a champion. And then obviously with the way my career has turned out, um, you know, I, I think dreams change and goals change and it was always then a goal, Uh, Once I realized I could go to Japan, to go to Japan, to to wrestle for a championship in Japan, Um, you know, to travel the world and, and, you know, get to live in different places and things like that. So, um... I think as my career started, my goals had changed, but it was always to to become a champion because that's when you're number one, you're on top, you're the best when you can hold that championship. So, um, Impact is the first place to to let me be let me live that a little bit. And I've you know been a two time Knockouts champion. I'm now the Reina de Reinas champion, so I'm really living my dreams every day. And you
1: know what, like you said, you grew up a WWE fan, and maybe things didn't work out the way that you wanted to, but you still did it. Like you, you wrestled in the WWE, you appeared on Monday night raw. Like I'm sure those are things that looking back on it now with all that you've accomplished was like, Hey, I was able, I was able to do it. You know what? I, w- I was able to accomplish one, one part of my dream.
3: Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause <laughs> it's easy to harp on the negative and easy to harp on the shit. I could have wished this would have happened, but yeah, I, when I remind myself of like, oh, I did get a debut match on Raw and I wrestled Asuka and I had a 12 minute, 12 minute, two segment competitive match. You know, those are are things that um, at that point in my life were, you know, didn't seem possible. So I did get a lot of opportunity and I got to do a lot of cool things. Um, It's just having to remind myself because that negative in that, like, um, I don't want to say bitterness, but I was bitter when I was released. Um, That always comes to the forefront, but there, I had good moments and I did it. And um, in wrestling, I guess you can never say never. So who knows what I'll be able to do five years from now.
1: Yeah, Deanna, we had EC3 on earlier in the show. Yesterday we had, you know, formerly Braun Strowman, Adam Shear on. Um, and like with Adam, he's so thankful for the WWE, for the opportunities he's had to get his name out there. But now he's happy yeah. because... I excuse the pun, control the now He can control his narrative. You know, there's there's a lot more creative freedom that he has. Like, you know, there is, you know, I hate to use the word, it's corporate, you know, and and, and a lot of people live under that corporate umbrella. Some people love that and some people don't like it, and they like to have that freedom. Do you like having that creative freedom now with Impact Wrestling?
3: I do, I do. Um, I think that is, is what's made this whole... 18 months of my life, um, special and really important because I got to bet on myself and I got to say, uh, I wasn't given the freedom to be who I wanted to be, to be who I thought I could be. Um, and everything that I wanted to be then I am now, um, impact has said, okay, we love it try it, go for it. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, don't be afraid to pitch ideas. And if you think something else works, come to us. Um, so that has been essential to my success because I put that target on my back. Like, God damn it. I am virtue. I'm it does work. Um, and they've, I've been fortunate enough that they've let me make it work.
1: Deanna your Jersey. And I mean, that in that the highest compliment I can actually give somebody your Jersey and Jersey's, and Jersey's got a lot going in women's wrestling right now with Tasha, Liv Morgan, obviously you as the knockouts champion. And, you know, life takes you in different areas and different directions. But, you know, can you explain to the audience, like, what Jersey, like, what a Jersey girl means?
3: Oh, um, a Jersey girl means we don't take shit. Yeah, we who we are, we are confident. We are capable. We are able, and we will figure out a way to get it done by any means necessary. That is just, I think, um, at our in our heart and at our core, is that we we are in tune with who we are and what we want, and we're not afraid to to be loud and take it.
1: I love it, uh, and obviously, it's Taylor Ham and not pork roll, right?
3: Oh yes, I don't even know who started the pork roll thing, but it's Taylor Ham.
1: Yeah. Losers did. That's who did. Uh, now, that, no, now that you're like on national TV You're on TV all the time, has life changed a lot for you? Like you are a celebrity. Do you, do you feel yourself getting a lot of media calls like this and going out there and being on the radio, being on TV, being stopped for pictures and autographs? Like, how is that? How have you been able to adjust to that?
3: Yeah, I, um, I mean, life has definitely changed. I mean, I, I, are for all of us, life has changed. But I'm back on the road like I was yeah. years ago um traveling two three four days a weekend um for all these shows or the conventions or signings and i think that's the biggest thing where i see the biggest changes are at these conventions and these meet and greets and these signings where um you know i was an independent star that was kind of like gotta do these things but now i'm one of the main attractions and there's lines for me and there's lines for you know chelsea next to me and i I don't get a break for those you know three or four hours that i'm there and and that's the funnest part i think i can really see Um, my growth there when when people are lined up waiting and we'll spend 30 minutes in line an hour in line to to wait to say hello Um, that is wild to me and I'm so grateful that they're willing to do that Um, and then yeah all these media things like it's it's so fun to be able to rehash my career and see where I was and where I am now and um, talk about the industry of pro wrestling I love that that's my favorite part of all of this is to be able to talk to you and to be able to talk to all the media outlets about impact the fun things and great things we're doing and um, you know the fact that i get to be a part of it
1: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producers are Gabby Laspisa and Josh Friedman. Sound designed by Mary Bayon. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas.
2: SiriusXM Podcasts.